right, here we go. Another episode of Just Another Sports Podcast. Greg Swatek, Josh Smith here with you. Hello. Very pleased. Very pleased to welcome into the Jazz yes. family, Josh, our, our, our colleague, our, our very talented colleague, uh, sports writer Joe Ferraro. Joe, we've heard you on other podcasts, but not this one yet. So we're we're happy to have you on this one. It's about time. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. What, what what took us so long, right? Exactly. So uh, lots of stuff to talk about this week, guys. We got the NFL draft, uh, the NBA playoffs, which I, I think have been entertaining so far. They haven't been very competitive, but I, I think uh, they've been entertaining so far, and the storylines going forward, I think, are. are are really going to heat things up. Um, uh, what else? Geez, what, what else? We'll throw some people on the boat. We'll do senior to be seen. All, all the usual staples uh, you, you guys yeah, come to expect from us. But uh, this was a week, guys, where we had a regional story, one that we talk about often, intersect with a local story. And that's uh, Brandon Klein, uh, Thomas Johnson graduate, uh, made his major league debut, uh, becoming the 14th Frederick County-born player to, uh, to reach the big leagues. It was an awesome story for us. We were... <laughs> It happened at the last minute. We knew it would. Um, it, it, ha- it rained on Friday in, in Norfolk, Virginia, which rained out the tides where Brandon's playing in AAA, and it rained in Baltimore, which rained out the Orioles, <laughs> setting, up yeah. a double, setting up a doubleheader. And uh, it was just a perfect storm, literally, uh, for, uh, for this to happen. And the move was made, I guess, uh, Brandon was informed Friday afternoon before the Doubleheader uh, got rain, or at, right after the doubleheader got rained out, and then he scrambled to get to Baltimore, and then we found out, I guess, Saturday late morning, early afternoon, and we had to scramble to get to Camden Yards. Um, but but an, an awesome story, and and in in a small town like this, you don't you don't see these things happen very often. But uh, it was really cool to see Brandon get out there. Just how did you guys react to the story? Oh, I mean, we knew it was coming, right? I mean, we had we, we uh, even tipped the, we even tipped the Orioles off to this. We happening. did, yeah, we did. Like right at the end of spring training, uh, I sent an email to a media relations person at uh, the Orioles offices to see if we could, if we if, to make sure that we were on their radar because we knew this was likely to happen since he was on the forty man roster, and of course it played out exactly as we expected it to play out. And he was called up, you know, when we were least expecting. It. Actually, the day of the call up, this is hilarious. Like I was out of town, um, and for whatever reason, that morning, this was Saturday morning, I was like, ah, I'm going to see how Brandon Klein's doing. I had seen some headlines and seen his name, and some I get Google Google alerts for Brandon's name on my on my email. So I've been getting these alerts um, for for Brandon's appearances with the Tides, and I have I've seen that he really hadn't been doing too well. So I'm going to check out his numbers. I went on went online and I looked at his numbers. His ERA was like 9.0, almost 9.0. So it was that morning, wasn't it, Greg, that I texted you? Right. I was like, dude, Brandon Klein's he's not having a great season so far. I, you know, I don't even remember if I said anything about him being called up. I just was like food for thought, basically, like his ERA is almost 9. D- don't expect it anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. And, and then sure enough, I don't even know if an hour went by, but, but one of our Probably. other uh, part-timers yes. – uh, Adam Benzel texted us and goes, Brandon Klein's the 26th man for, for the Orioles today. He's probably going to pitch. This, yeah. was, this was literally probably no more than an hour after Josh and I had texted each other saying, man, well, I guess we don't have to worry about Brandon Klein anytime soon. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I was on the way, way home from, from a weekend away, and I had to pull over and uh, switch. My my wife had to start driving so you and I could coordinate. Literally, our worst nightmare is, yeah. is coming, coming true here. Well, I mean – how else was it going to happen right. and, and, unless he was like really lighting it up in uh a and then we could sort of guess that his call-up was going to be eminent because he was pitching so well yeah. but but the, but the fact he wasn't pitching well sort of contributed to the 
unpredictability of when he was actually going to make his major league debut. So right, I mean, and it's you know, it's that doesn't detract from the, this is just an incredible story. Um, you you've documented his career, Greg, since he was in high school. Yeah, he's a great he's a great kid. He's a great story for this area just because of the person that he is, and he it's you can't always say that about some of these big time athletes when when you look at his career i mean it's it's ha- it's been really aside from the injuries it's been the perfect storybook yeah. really um i started covering him i got i got here in late 2007 um so i would have seen his 2000 i could have seen his 2008 season which i think was good for tj but he wasn't really uh attracting a lot of big time attention i, I, I guess he was just because virginia offered him the scholarship but uh, by 2009 that was really the first time i had really covered him and seen him pitch um, that spring. And Major League Scouts were starting to sniff around him a little bit. They were starting to pay attention because his fastball, I think, had climbed into the mid-90s. So, And that sort of changes the game uh, completely uh, when when you have a prospect doing that. And then, uh, yeah, he was was drafted by his favorite team. He he grew up in Frederick, but his favorite team was always the Boston Red Sox. Um, He sort of resisted the Orioles and, and, and picked up the Red Sox. So, he was drafted by his favorite team in the sixth round. He could have signed, but he chose not to. He became the first member of his family to go to college, so he he went to UVA. Had a pretty good three-year career there as a starter and a closer and, and a reliever. And then the Orioles draft him in 2012 in the second round. I think he's the highest pick ever uh, from Frederick County. And that gives him a chance, of course, puts him on track to pitch for the Frederick Keys. I mean, that was my first thought when the Orioles of course. drafted him in 2012 is he, he could pitch for the Keys, which which he did, of course. I, I believe he was their opening day starter one year when, when they opened at home. And he had a pretty good career for the Keys, and uh, just the, the injuries just kept getting in, in, in the way. Um, he took a bad step and missed a year because he broke his leg. Then he had started experiencing issues with his elbow, um, had Tommy John surgery, and then had two follow-up procedures to that. So... So when he said after his debut on Saturday that, that 25 years of work went into that, those two innings of work, I mean, he, he wasn't lying. I mean, uh, uh, that, that, that's true. So I think he was grateful. I, I mean, it was obviously a mixed bag what he, what he did out there. He had a great first inning, a one, two, three first inning. And then it's funny because a bunch of us in the press box were saying, take him out now, take him out now, yeah. let, 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 let him have that moment. I know the thought crossed your mind, I was, mind, too, <laughs> when I was watching. Is that right? Yep, yep. get him out, uh, restore his confidence, get him out on on a high, definitely. Yep, so um, I was saying take him out and let him have his moment and, and keep his confidence high if you need to uh, bring him back. <clears throat> of course, And I think Dan Connolly, who uh, covers the Orioles for The Athletic now, um, uh, he he covered him for the Sun. He he ran BaltimoreBaseball.com. He's a, he's an excellent baseball writer. Um, he said, "Watch if they bring him back out, he'll give up a home run to the second guy he faces." <laughs> well, it happened to be the first guy he faced that, yeah. that he gave up the home run to was Mitch Garver, who's uh he he's a rarity because you don't see a lot of catchers leading off, but but he leads off for the Twins uh, as their catcher. And then uh, and then Nelson Cruz uh, took him deep on a, on a three two pitch that I mean. <laughs> Uh, you you knew what was you, he, he everyone knew what was coming there with that three two pitch. Nelly, and he, Nelly's done that to a lot of guys, right? He, he forces you into a bad count because he was missing with his slider, which Brandon Hyde and Brandon Klein acknowledged after the game, and and, and Cruz put one about ten rows deep in, yeah. in in center field. But there's no shame to that because Nelson Cruz no. is such a such an awesome hitter. There's, so. there's only so many guys that can uh, get after a neck high fastball and, and put it in the seats. Uh, Nelson Cruz happens to be one of them, <laughs> right? 
uh, it was funny too because I, uh, I was I was pulling out of the parking lot here, leaving, and, and who's pulling in but Joe? Because yeah, I think he had an interview to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then and and, and then yep. uh, and then later that night, as, as I was pulling back into the parking lot just to drop some things off and check on a couple things, I, me up I, again. <laughs> I, I crossed past with Joe again as, 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 as he was leaving. So so it was sort of the intertwining of all this That's story funny. Is, is is funny, but. Uh, yeah, it was a really cool experience. And then Brandon Hyde, the Orioles manager, said we'll probably see him back um, um, before before real long. Well, especially with the way the Orioles are going pitching-wise. I mean, so he was activated before the second game of this doubleheader. And um, still no one knows if he's actually going to like appear or not. He's just there in case of insurance, in case they need some arms uh, for the bullpen. And sure enough, Alex Cobb, the Orioles starter, goes out there and gets absolutely shelled in, 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 in the first inning. I mean, he's he's given up like – multiple home runs and it, it didn't take long for i think joe the thought crossed your mind too it's like yep. <laughs> once cobb was getting shelled it's like yep. ah, Brent, he's getting in the odds of brandon klein getting in his game are are, are, are pretty strong now yeah uh, i think someone like brandon and uh, you mentioned the the home opener that you pitched for the keys uh I, I was actually there to to cover that and first time i talked to brandon the, the one thing that really stood out about him is that i'm talking to him and he's He's speaking as if he's dealt with the media for for 10 years already, you know, very well spoken, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. And and I think he's not just uh, not just he doesn't only have the talent to pitch in the majors, but he, he has he has the demeanor to do something like this, get called up on short note notice, show up, do what he can evaluate what he did wrong what he did right and then uh move on from there he, he has the right mindset and and demeanor to to do something like this and i think that's why you know you're gonna see him for for years to come and, yeah and having said that joe um I, I think you're right he does have um the mental and physical makeup to to, to be a, a guy that pitches in the majors um yep. here, here on out but greg what do you what is it that's um sort of holding him back from being uh, you know, from, from having some staying power with the Orioles at this point? I, I think just consistency. I mean, when, when you hear Brandon Hyde and some of the Orioles coaches talk about him, it's just, just hitting that same spot over and over again. I, I think it's just a matter of consistency once he starts throwing his off-speed pitches and, and throwing them where he wants to consistently and just every time. Um, I, I, I think – because he's got the fastball. I mean, he was, t- he was touching 97 and 98 um, in, in the game on Saturday, and, and – and Brandon Hyde, the Orioles manager, he he's he's noted how sort of he's called Brandon Klein stuff electric before. So I mean they obviously have high regard for his fastball, but he said after the game he was missing with his slider and um and he just couldn't spot that pitch and it, it got him into trouble a couple times. And I I just think can, can, once he starts throwing those off-speed pitches yeah. where he wants all the time or yeah. most of the time, full that, command of his full repertoire, right. essentially. Then, yeah. then, then, you'll, then you'll see him uh, in, in in the majors they, on, on a regular basis. And they want him as a as a setup man. I think I think a middle reliever because he started before he started all throughout <clears> his high school career, and he started some uh, in in the professional ranks too for the Keys, and I think he started for. Uh, for Double A Bowie as well, so he's he's used to starting. So could be a setup man with his fastball, um, but they they could uh, use him as a, as a middle reliever uh, yeah. too, a guy that could eat up some innings for him. So so he Brandon's the first one to tell you he's got stuff to work on in Triple A, um, and he said he plans on working on it and um, and and getting back to the majors as as quickly as possible. I, I think if he has a good season in Triple A, then he'll be on the he'll be on the major yeah. league roster. 
next year. But but what you said is so true, Joe. He's great, and he's always been this way, even back when he was at TJ. He doesn't put any pressure on himself. No. Nope. Uh, and he doesn't let the moments become bigger than they need to be. Like he like he's saying like he would always ask him, Brandon, what if you make the major leagues? Like or you're doing this or you got drafted and he's like and his attitude's always been like if it happens, it happens. I can't control it. Um and he I mean, people always say and you hear it often in sports, like just control what you can control. Don't worry about what you can't control. It's easier yeah. it's easier said than done. Yeah, when you're facing Nelson Cruz. <laughs> right. It's easy to say that, but but doing it is another matter. But he's always been, done it really well. He he doesn't just say it; he does it. He's he's got a great perspective. Uh, he's funny. I mean, because he was very emotional after 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 the call up, um, and uh, he was when he got called up, he was doing a Sudoku puzzle um, in, in the in the Tides uh, clubhouse, and he was interrupted and called in Gary Kendall's office. And he got the call up, and then he started. He, he admitted he started crying. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he he cried for about thirty thirty minutes. Uh, 30 straight minutes he said so and then then he joked uh, before the game Saturday that he was a bit of a softy so he's very self-deprecating he's just a really likable person and, and, and an easy person to root for and I, I think some of the media members that didn't have much experience talking to him or didn't know much about him I, th- I think they came away uh, very impressed with what they saw not just on the field but 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 just yeah uh, because um, he, he's, he's really an interview goldmine I mean his quotes are always great uh, I was lucky enough to have him on the Final Score podcast. Uh, just a little cross promotion here. Brandon will be on with me uh, this week on the Final Score podcast. Uh, talk to him, and uh, he he doesn't forget where he came from, and he just keeps a great head on his shoulders. And I think that that there's there's a lot of value to that. I, I think that'll help him throughout his career as well. So, uh, so just a awesome story for us, and uh, we won't be able to be there every time he pitches <laughs> in yeah. major leagues, but at least we didn't miss his uh his 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 major league uh debut so uh this is the nfl draft week and it's it's sort of unusual for myself and other browns fans because normally they're like this is our christmas this is like our this is like christmas for <laughs> but us. you like, did take off thursday right. so you are still excited about what the what they're gonna well they actually they don't have a they don't have, they don't have a pick on thursday so oh okay um that's right uh because they traded it for odell beckham uh, which right. which is a great move, obviously. So, um, but it's not. It's been unusual because this is like Christmas Day for for Browns fans. Usually, it's like we get to open the big new shiny uh, toys under uh, under the tree. Um, I remember how excited you were when they took when they took Johnny. Yeah, and how that was like <laughs> right. You know, and how how unimpar- a whole new world. Yeah, there were like two hallmark moments for me uh, that you've noted before yeah. with Browns drafts. It was my excitement for Johnny. Yeah. Just because that's a player they've never had before, a player with that with juice, with like, yeah. uh, and then my Pizzazz. sort of, and then my, it, compare that to my sort of apathy for 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 the Baker Mayfield pick and like the ho hum eh, we'll we'll see we'll see what he is, and he's become he's he obviously showed he's on his way to being a great NFL quarterback. So, um, so yeah, both of my reactions were <laughs> were off uh, <laughs> to, to put it kindly uh, for each of those quarterbacks. So. Um, but uh, I, I, the Vikings, uh, they they have their they they're not traded out of the first round. They haven't round traded right out, and they better not. If they if they do anything, you're going to need to trade up to get a, a lineman that they want. If they take anything but an offensive lineman, I am going to be incredibly uh, annoyed. That's all I'll say. And and I would I would be pleased if they either traded up to get the best one, or if they took one at 21 and then traded one of their I don't even, I don't care who the hell they trade trade one of their defensive starters. 
and pick up you know another first round pick and take another offensive lineman because they've neglected the offensive line for years and they can't keep doing it. So yeah, that's that's all I really had to say about. Hasn't it improved? I mean, maybe not. Maybe it was bad last year, but the year before when they went when they beat the San it was average the championship game. It was better than it had been. It right? was yeah. yeah. It, it was an average line at best, but they were some of their guys um, were starting to wear down at the end of the year, getting get exposed at the end of that season. And none of them are none of them are great offensive linemen. Maybe one of them is, has potential to be a great offensive lineman. But what, what what's the bigger struggle, pass blocking or run blocking or both? It's definitely <laughs> pass blocking. I mean, it's you know you saw what they did last year. They they went to a short passing game with Cousins because they just couldn't they couldn't protect him. And uh, you know it, it's a problem. So when you're paying a guy as much as they are uh, with him, they they've got to they got to give him some time because when he has time, he's you know. He's a slightly above average quarterback. Yep. Uh, Joe, unlike our teams, though, your team was a playoff team last year. Yes. Uh, they had a had a heartbreaking loss to the Eagles with with the, with the double doink uh, field goal there. <laughs> oh, what what would you like to see the Bears uh, do in well, the draft? I'm, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, and uh, still I have no no issues w- whatsoever because in the first round. Uh, Number twenty-four pick went to Oakland, and we have Khalil Mack. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy I about that. I cannot tell you, Joe, how much I hate John Gruden. I hate him <laughs> because of that. Like I never had strong feelings about him, other than the fact that I thought he was. We made fun of him on Monday Night Football. We had fun mimicking him. Um, I never had strong feelings about him as a coach until he traded that sob to the Bears. I will never forgive him for that. And, and, and the Vikings, I, I, understandable. And the, yeah. the Vikings, of course, who can't pass block. They can't so pass block. <laughs> they'll, they'll have their hands. I mean, that full guy literally can with, destroy their whole with, game plan, like every time they play them twice a year. Right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't expect it. I mean, I knew he was good. I didn't think he was that good. Where you know he can give your team, you know, three wins uh, on his own. I mean, I, I, I was thinking, you know, 500, somewhere around there, seven to nine. And it was obviously a whole lot better. I, geez. I, yeah. One player to have that, that, that much impact on a team. I, I didn't, I didn't see it coming uh, at all. So, but uh, back to what you were saying, Greg, yeah, for, for, for the draft, I'm in the same boat as you, you know, they, they got rid of, um, uh, Jordan Howard as a uh, as a running back, which was a little bit uh, disappointment for, because, for a six uh, rounder next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because this is a guy who's you know deceptively very good. I mean, uh, when you look at him on film, and you know, he doesn't look anything special, but he, he always finds creases uh, where, where he could get uh, extra yards. And uh, I think I think they're, they're going to miss that. So we'll, we'll see if they if they try to do something to to replace them in some way uh, in the draft. We don't have a pick until the third round, I believe. So we'll see We'll see how it goes. I, I just remember that Bears-Packers game. It was like the Sunday night game. It was like in week two. Yep. And, and Khalil Mack like, had the best first half you could possibly have. <laughs> After he had like one week of practice, right? He just right. He, he had like a strip sack for a touchdown. He had like he was just disrupting like almost every play the Packers did. Yep. And through the magic of Aaron Rodgers that, that, that Josh always talks about, I mean, he hobbled off the off the cart that they wheeled him in on in in, in the first half, and some and somehow led the Packers to a yeah. to a come from behind victory. Yeah, so. but talk about Mackle in that game, and I, and I saw it a couple of other times. I think I saw it against the Vikings. They had a Monday night game against the Vikings, or maybe it was a Sunday night game. Where I, I've seen this numerous times with that guy, where he's being blocked, he's like coming down the line, he's got two blockers on him, he's falling down while he's trying to tackle a guy, and he just happens to get his hand 
exactly where it needs to be to knock the ball loose. Yeah. It's like a skill that nobody else in that league has where he can just he just punches the ball out as he's bringing a guy down and he could be blocked by two guys simultaneously and still do that. He's just had he has this innate like ability to just you know, for the ball to, to get the ball out. It's, some guys haven't. Yeah, <laughs> some guys very don't. Few and, guys have it. And yeah. uh, as far as what you just mentioned, uh, you know, one guy that doesn't get talked uh, or didn't get talked a lot about when when he was with there, Charles Tillman. Yeah, same uh, thing. He, boy, once they lost him and and they, they lost the, their best playmaker, and now thankfully they they have another yeah. one. It's it's an either you have it or you don't uh, type of thing, as as you said. As for the draft uh, in general, uh, Kyler Murray, I, I think, is the presumed number one overall pick, although he reports have surfaced this week the Cardinals might move off him and, and, and take someone else and, and stick with Josh Rosen. I don't, I don't believe it. And, and stick I with, don't either. <laughs> and stick with Josh Rosen, uh, who, they, who they spent a top 10 pick on uh, last year. Uh, but, but Josh, do you have strong feelings about what type of quarterback you think Kyler Murray will be in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it's just we talk about this all the time, and it's just all you have to do is watch him and the way he carries himself um, – the the simple ease with he, he makes it look easy when you watch him play football that game is not an easy game to play even at the college level especially you know these days things have gotten a little more comp- complex for these kids he makes throwing a football on a dime look really easy and i just always talk about that you know in the build up to the draft and all of the crap that's out there and all the tape and all the interviews I don't put any stock in that. I, I watch the guys and I see what they do, and that's what I base my opinion on. And I just think I think he's going to be a star. I don't know how long, it's going to take him a little while to get to that point, but he will be a star in the NFL. Yeah, I guess the one concern everyone has about him is about his persona. He's he's sort of a, a yeah. quiet guy. He keeps yes. to himself. He's not necessarily the vocal leader that you might want in your quarterback. I think that's where it'll differ from Baker Mayfield. He might be better than Baker on the field and just in terms of pure talent and ability. Yeah. But, but the one way Baker will separate himself is Baker's a vocal leader. Um, and he, he really commands a room, commands a huddle and stuff like that. And I guess there's some concern about Kyler Murray, but it's, it doesn't seem to be like something he couldn't overcome with, with time and experience. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it's an issue. You look at a guy like Marcus Mariotto, he's, he, he's got the same kind of personality. He doesn't beat his chest or anything. And he, he does fairly well as a quarterback. He just needs to stay healthy. Uh, and he's had his share of injuries with Tennessee, uh, if Kyler Murray stays healthy, uh, I have no issues with his personality. Yeah, and I think if he gets to the right team, now, I don't know in the in the locker room who else. You know, obviously they have Larry Fitzgerald, but he's near the end of his career. You know, if they have some strong leaders on that team that can fill that role mm-hmm. until he's matured and become. I mean, look, he's what is he twenty one? Uh, you know, he's still got some growing to do as a as a person, as a man to to grow into. You know, manhood essentially, and and to become the leader that he's that he's going to be in the NFL, that that'll take care of itself, I think. Um, and his his ability level will speak for itself, and, and guys will want to follow him because he's going to be a successful you know player. And, and there's talk about some of these quarterbacks dropping, but you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you, you know, Kyler Murray will go one, and and then someone's going to get they're, they're going to worry that their quarterback's going to be gone by the time they pick, so they'll trade up. And there will be like by the time the top fifteen's over, three or four quarterbacks will be taken. After there was talk yeah. of of like all all these quarterbacks like dropping, but 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 it's not going to happen. I mean, guys like Drew Locke, uh, uh, Haskins uh, from Ohio State, they'll all be 
high pick just because people are concerned they won't be there. They, they won't fall to it. Why don't we so. talk about um, the two regional teams here, the Redskins, who would definitely, I think, factor into the quarterback discussion, and the Ravens. Um, I just read something before we came in here. It was somebody – I wish I could remember who it was that tweeted this. He said that there was a source in the Redskins that just told him that Dan Snyder had, quote, taken over the first round. So he was going to be the, he was essentially going to be the guy who's going to decide what the Redskins do in the first round. If that's true, that is a terrible mistake. We obviously know the reasons why, but I can totally see the Redskins doing something crazy here and like making some crazy trade to get up and take Haskins or something. There, there was a report today that they would trade up to number five ahead of the Giants, who might take a quarterback. Yeah. So and then and then you know, obviously the Rosen is in play because if the, if the cards are gonna are gonna take Murray then then Josh Rosen will be on the market and he, the Redskins by all accounts are going to be interested in him so they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be a big story I think tomorrow night I, I think the Redskins will be heavily involved in some moving and shaking you would think they need a better quarterback than Case Keenum or or Colt McCoy somehow <laughs> I, I yeah I yeah. mean both of those guys are just placeholders right. Yeah franchise quarterback you need one yeah exactly and i think um, yeah and haskins i think can can be that guy maybe with a, you know a year sitting behind keenum or rosen mm-hmm. can be that guy with another year of seasoning but um i think they're going to be involved in some in some movement tomorrow the, the, the raiders too could get crazy yeah. with, with mike mayock and john gruden i mean i think gruden really likes kyler murray so and they have three first round picks so they have the ammunition potentially to, to go up and and get him at number one. So, what was the story this week that we heard about the the Raiders sent home their scouts? I initially I heard that they had fired all of their scouts, but I guess that wasn't th- the this story. Is, this is not as uncommon as people think. Like scouts basically work for a team through the draft, mm-hmm. uh, and they could either be retained or let go. So, I, I think the reason why they let him send him home early was because they didn't want them to see the draft board and then start talking leaks because what do scouts do they talk all around all over the league and stuff like that so the yeah. Raiders didn't want any leaks there's there's reports that they want to be, make make a big splash and have a big surprise in store for everyone at the draft um, so I mean John Gruden and Mike Mayock are both television personalities they're, they're, they were both pretty good on television so yeah so their desire to make a splash is actually believable just because that's the world they, they they come from I don't so. have problems with Mayock but I don't find myself rooting for him I don't know I, I used to enjoy him with as a personality but for there's some reason I'm just not really rooting for him to succeed with this draft maybe it's because they they have three first round draft picks and that's just gross right um, but you know, and I'm Anto- not rooting for them. And Antonio Brown, too. Yeah. So uh, the other regional team, the Ravens, uh, I mean, they took a quarterback last year that many projected to go in the second round. But but because of the quarterback run that you knew was going to happen, that pushed Lamar Jackson into the first round. They, they, they're committed to him. Um, he, he's their guy, for better or worse. And now it seems they need to get him some, some receivers uh, to throw to. They have a couple of nice tight ends uh, in, in Andrews and um, – uh, Oh gosh, you're, my, you're my, my, me. my my brother's gonna. It's not Max Williams, is it? He's right. one of them. Right, he's There's he, another one beyond him. Too. Right, exactly. So Brian, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to you know, you'll have, you'll have, you'll have to straighten this out. Uh, why can't I think? Why can't I think of his name? But it's okay. uh, but, they, they, but they need some receivers. They don't they don't have John Brown anymore. They don't have Michael Crabtree anymore. Um, you would you would think that would be one of their top targets. Everyone's talking about DK Metcalf, but DK Metcalf is like. He's a physical freak with just how muscled he is, but does that make him less less agile? 
I mean, that's is, the, that's the is, story. Is he is he, is he like too muscular for for his own good? Basically, at, 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 the, at the position. Joe, didn't so. the Bears a couple of years ago take Kevin White? Is he still on their team? He Has he ever is. played? He he did play some last he, year, but uh, I think he's, he's 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 just been surpassed and it's taking him a while. Isn't to, he a big physical dude too? He kind of reminds is. me of Metcalf, and just in terms of his, his absolutely his body. yeah, can, he's got he, he can jump. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a freakish athlete, but uh, but yeah, it's he's. Uh, slowly <laughs> progressing uh, along yeah, and so, so other, other people have uh, passed them by had some some bad luck with injuries but uh, but yeah no it's uh, that, with Metcalf that's a, that's a good comparison I was just talking to John Cannon about um, the Ravens and we were just we're still just kind of befuddled about as to what exactly they're doing um, and and how how they don't have any receivers like the only way that they're going to get receivers is if they draft them because there isn't a free agent receiver in the entire NFL now that's going to want to go there until Lamar Jackson shows that he actually can throw the ball consistently. So they're going to have to dra- – I can see them drafting more than one wide receiver because who the hell do they even have? Willie Sneed and yeah. Michael Campanaro or something? Like there I mean, there are know. tight ends that they have that are – a couple of them that, that are really good. The, the, yes. the names escape me right now. Uh, but Like but. we were just saying. So, I, I mean, I think they're going to take a first-round wide receiver, and I could even see them taking another one in the – you know. High within the first four rounds, they'll probably take a couple of receivers because that, like you said, they don't have anybody, uh, any names at that position, and and no, they're not going to be signing any free agents to come play there either. Right? Position. Yeah, free agency is basically over. Like once the draft happens, there's there's not going to be an impact signing exactly uh, after the draft. So it's basically the team you're taking to training camp. So. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they do in the in the draft, if if anything at all. I'm I'm interested to see what they do to. <laughs> To replenish the linebacking core, I mean, with with all they lost, I mean, there's been talk that they, they want to fill that in in house. But uh, gosh, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know later rounds they they try to replenish uh, mm-hmm. the linebacking core. And this, this is the first year that Ozzie Newsom's not in charge of their draft too. I, I think he's contributing to what they're doing, but but he's not in charge of their actual war room like he normally is. Right. Um, Eric DaCosta, the the longtime scout, is is now the GM. So. Um, we don't talk a lot of hockey on the show, and we won't. But we should at least acknowledge that the, that the Capitals um, are in, are in Game Seven of their first round series against the Hurricanes, and uh, and uh, the game is going on wh- while we're recording this, so we don't know what's going to happen, and and this will be the game will be over by the time most people listen to it. But but Joe, you had an observation about the Caps that you weren't very worried about them heading into Game Seven this year. No, not at all. I mean, uh, everybody, uh, at least the past ten years or so, just have this gloom and doom attitude because on multiple occasions they've they've had a three-two lead, would lose Game Six on the road, and then promptly lose Game Seven at home because that's what the Capitals do. Uh, but you know, just having won the Stanley Cup, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be on. Uh, I don't think today they they entered on pins and needles. They're not on thin ice. Yeah. So oh, yeah. very good. Ooh, very good. Oh job. boy, very that? good. You must be a headline writer. About that. Bada boom. So yeah, yeah, they're 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 not gonna you know wet their pants you know just because they 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 have the cup uh, under their belts and so yeah I mean the, it really says a lot. Do you think their win? I don't think we've ever, ever asked you this. Do you think their win helps the Nationals too? Because like the monkeys off the city's back now too. Like the the pressure, the stigma of teams in this town can't win that that that's sort of gone <laughs> oh sure sure i mean having the, the pressure of an entire city on your shoulders yeah that, that's a, that's a huge thing and uh yeah i mean uh, every year and they've disappointed me now for the past three years i've actually 
actually picked them to to actually at least get to the World Series, and I'm, I'm doing it again this year. But uh, and, and, and we wait, won't, you picked you picked them this year to go to the World Series because I picked there. them last year. And, yeah, we won't we won't we won't point out that Josh picked them last year. Oh wait, <laughs> except we just did. So um, whoops. So yeah. yeah so. Uh, so yeah, so well, we'll you can't s- be feeling too good about that right now. With the what are they five hundred? They're they're around five hundred, yeah, and they, and they got uh, spanked by the Marlins a little bit uh, down in Miami, but uh, no, I mean just the I, I just think the uh, the addition of Patrick Corbin, who I saw quite a bit of last year of him uh, dominating my my Cubs. I mean he's he's a solid pitcher. Uh, add him to Strasburg and yeah. and Scherzer and. You know they're they're going to win their fair share of games over the long haul. I mean yeah, I've I got no doubt doubt about it. And now there's uh, there's some questions as to how healthy uh, Jacob Degrom is. We'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. I, mean, I think they may have about, dodged the bullet a little bit. Yeah, they, 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 like. they say that you know the elbow was was barking, I guess, and that, and now he says everything is fine. But uh, we'll we'll just have to wait and see and how, how he does these next couple of starts. But anytime you hear a pitcher with with elbow pain. You know, ninety nine percent of the time, it's not going to be good news. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see how yeah, and, how that goes. And, and a large percentage of times, those end in that Tommy John surgery. It really is. It is crazy yep. how how quickly that uh, devolves when you hear a guy saying, yep. there's a there's a strain or a discomfort or whatever in his elbow." Yep. Especially with him, with the yeah, with, with the way he throws that ball, slings it yep. around with that unorthodox delivery. He's one of the favorite, my favorite guys to watch pitch for sure. Yep. He and Scherzer, right neck and neck, like that. You know, whenever those guys are on. Uh, on TV, I, I want to catch a couple of innings. Of that. And Scherzer has yeah. avoided the major injury bug uh, for the most part. He, I, yeah, I don't think he's he's never had Tommy John or anything. I don't no. believe so. So nope. he's 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 avoided it. But um, but he's also much bigger than Jacob. Jacob Degrom is a pretty small, skinny dude, slight yep. dude that throws the ball 100 plus miles he's an hour. Like, he's so. not like his teammate there, Syndergaard. Uh, right. Yeah. Exactly. Like Thor, Thor or whatever. I mean, that um, dude. We see him out there. He's like a he's like a statue on the mat. Like right. He's so he's got that bl- chiseled. He's got, he's got that blonde mane uh, yeah. too. So. Uh, all it right. Reminds me of myself, really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Joe Joe's the only one that's not follically uh, chiseled with well, blonde mane. Yes. Right. Exactly. So, um, all right. The NBA playoffs haven't been overly competitive so far, but they, I've found that they've been pretty compelling. I mean, last, last night alone, uh, Oklahoma City Portland may may have played the most memorable game of the playoffs uh, so far. Um, uh, Damian Lillard went bananas in the first half i think he had 34 points in the first half then oklahoma city sort of took charge uh late in the third early in the fourth quarter they were up 15 with seven a little more than seven minutes to go they were up they were up i think seven with a little more than a minute to go and and yet with with their season on the line and yet they found a way to lose that game and when one of the more incredible game-winning shots that you'll ever see damian lillard pulled up from Really, just beyond half court, <laughs> and, and 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 casually, and, and buried a three to give him fifty points for the game, and it was it was at just, the buzzer. It was it was just ridiculous. And Paul George even afterwards said it was a bad shot. <laughs> it might be a bad shot for most people, but it, but is it a bad shot for Damian Lillard, who I think uh, the stat is out there that he was perfect on long in, range threes and thirty plus and thirty plus uh, foot shots. <laughs> so so it was just a remarkable game. Um, and I think I think this next round is shaping up to be absolutely fantastic because you're going to have Boston and Milwaukee play. That was a seven game series last year. I, I, I think the Bucks have gotten better, and 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 the Celtics uh, are, are very good now with uh, a healthy Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. 
Um, you're probably going to get Houston and Golden State, which could be a conference sure. finals in, in, yeah. in any other year. Um, so I, I just think the second round is going to be great, and, and the NBA playoffs, although not competitive so far, are really going to start to heat up. Yeah, well, so. I, think, I think what we saw last night, unfortunately, I didn't see it until after the fact. You, I think I walked in the door and you were texting me, and you know, a little, a little the, video, the, the, the tweet, yeah, of Lillard hitting that shot. And to me, that was like that. That was a perfect encapsulation of what the what is so great about the NBA playoffs. It's star power and great players playing great. And it's and it's some grudges and it's some some nastiness. Oh, you've seen that in the Philly Bro- Brooklyn yeah. series with with uh, Jared Dudley and <laughs> yeah and Ben Simmons and Joel and Embiid. Yeah, but you know, and and then you get Lillard who hits that shot and waves goodbye. And he was ticked off because after the one win that Oklahoma City had right right at the end of the game, Paul George went down and dunked the ball at the end of the win, and they were like celebrating and going crazy. And that ticked him off, and he remembered that. And he's so when he hit that shot, he's waving goodbye to him. And some of the comments he had afterward were, it was just great. It's great, great theater. And you, I, you know, that's what's so great about that league. The stars are what make that league, and you want to see, uh, you want to see him. He's making a name for himself, I think, in this in this playoff. Oh, I, I think he's become one of the top ten players in the yeah. league. Like, I he mean, was unconscious last night. He, he plays for Portland, and so Portland plays most of their games. At a late hour here on the East Coast, and, and they're just not a team with a lot of national appeal yeah, yeah. outside of him. So you just he, so he's like he's like, he's got sort of got that Mike Trout quality in a way that That's he's a, a great point. player that no one ever sees play just because of where he plays. Actually, the one so. thing about Damian Lillard over over the past, I think I think he's going to forever have that chip on his shoulder and feel like he's got something to prove because the, the All Star game he's been snubbed a couple of times and he's he's not happy about that and he he still doesn't feel like he gets the the respect he deserves and even after something like this he's he's still gonna feel that way was he a was he a first round pick not sure i don't i i i I, I don't believe he was i don't think he was uh we'll have to consult your brother on this part it's part it's part of the chip on the shoulder (laughs) that's my point yeah yeah that he wasn't a first round pick. He's got he's a guy that's been overlooked. So, and like you have Russell Westbrook, who I think Joe will touch on later, um, in, a, in a bit of a preview for for the boat segment. Um, but um, he plays with control. He can he's able to control that that chip and that rage and that aggression. Where Russell Westbrook is just a tornado of <laughs> of whatever whatever yeah. he is that night. I don't so. have I don't have my phone with me, right. but I just read a story from the New York Times in today's. Uh, paper i guess about that game or was on the website and it talked about how lillard has like he's like a a pa- like he's like a i don't know what it was a mortician or something i can't right, remember yeah. what it was his his personality he's just so he's just so cool and calm at all times yeah, he, he he plays under control where westbrook is often out of control and is hoisting up a, a bunch of bad shots yeah so um, the thing I want to see now is I want to see Portland play Golden State in the Western Conference Finals and have Lillard who could make and take or takes and makes thirty plus footers and then you have Curry. I mean <laughs> that could be a series. I, I think I shared it earlier where they're like pulling up from like they cross half court and they're like pulling up for to, to, Sign to, take, me up. to take shots. I have. So I so I I think Houston Golden State will be a will be a great series. But I, but I but I sort of am, am pulling for a Portland uh, Golden State uh, conference uh, yeah. finals. Yeah, I mean for so. my money in sports it doesn't really get a whole lot better than watching Steph Curry play I just yep. there's just something fun about that guy 
Um, and, and I just, look, I, I've said it before on this podcast. I root for them every year. I know there are people out there that are already sick of them, but I want to see them continue on because he is just so fun to watch. Yeah. They like have a quality that the bulls did. Yeah. You expect them to win, but, but there's sort of intrigue in the way they do it. And just the appreciation of how great they are. You just want to see, you just want to watch them and see what they're going to do. Yeah. It's sort of, the, it's the Michael Jordan quality. Like you knew he was the best, but you wanted to see what he was going to do next. So and uh, we, we should point out that in the of course it happened moment, Joe and I were uh, were getting ready to leave uh, the office last night. Uh, the, the game was on the TV, and as we're turning off the TV, we note that, yeah, Oklahoma City, they're going to they're gonna hang on here. They're, they're going to keep their season alive. They're, they're, they're up they're up 15 points uh, midway through the fourth quarter. And Joe and I both looked at each other and said, yeah, this game's probably over. I, st- I still so, think they're, they've kept their season alive. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe was really shocked to get that text of the, uh, <laughs> of the, of the Damian Lillard uh, uh, three-pointer. So we, we both basically turned it off because right. the, the game was over. And, of, and of course, Portland comes back uh, t- to win the game. So... I, so I, I'm really looking forward to this next round. Houston, uh, Golden, Houston, Golden State, Boston, Milwaukee, uh, Philly, Toronto should be a good series. Uh, Portland and whoever they play, whether it's Denver or San Antonio, that can be an interesting series too. So I think this next round of the NBA playoffs will really heat up, and I think you'll get some good series as opposed to what we've had in the first round where there have maybe been one or two competi- competitive series um, so yeah. far. So if, if it is Houston that Golden State's going to – play i mean i'd be just as interested in that just because last year they didn't have chris paul for you know the entire six or seven uh, finals so that that would be just as entertaining to me as um as golden state and and portland um if it if that happens to be what what transpires yeah all right, guys. I hear I hear Colin revving the boat up on, on the on the docks yes, there. Right. Captain uh, Colin. Yeah, we we threw Colin on the boat, Joe, uh, several weeks ago. Well, uh, when he uh, left on, yeah. on his oh, last gosh. podcast, we made him the skipper of the boat to nowhere. Yeah. So uh, so it's time. I know Josh has been talking about a few uh, this week. Yeah, we'll, I have we'll, two. We'll, we'll start. We'll start with him. I've got two. Uh, I, I can start with what I have right in front of me here. I printed this out right before we came in here, and the headline is from – this is a Washington Post story, and it says, A football player transferred to be nearer his ailing mom. The NCAA denied his waiver to play now. This is about a kid who wanted to leave uh, Virginia Tech. His name's Brock Hoffman. He's an offensive lineman. His mother had brain surgery, and it was a benign tumor, and he wanted to be closer to her because she's dealing with complications. The NCAA denied Hoffman's request this week, setting off a wave of criticism online and pangs of anxiety and dread for the lineman and his family. This is ridiculous. Ben, the rules for Christ's sake. Yeah. yeah. This is this is an this is another example of the NCAA just being totally tone deaf and just being you know, power they're just they just they wield their power in these odd ways. Yeah, I mean coaches have gotten in trouble for like getting their recruits like a, buying a pizza for their recruits or whatever we've yeah, yeah exactly we've seen that over the years so i'm everybody who is in this group of ncaa officials who make decisions your butts are all going on the boat i've had enough of this kind of nonsense this is, should be the last we see of this kind of crap this kid this is a personal issue with this kid take that into consideration you morons very simple very simple solution to that you let him transfer the other Absolutely. one, yeah, the, family first. Yeah, I mean, come on now. Well, I mean, I, I think about a a trade that went down between the the, the Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals, and the Oakland A's. Uh, Stephen Piscotty, uh, he was you know established himself in St. Louis, but uh, he wanted to be closer to his mom because she she had cancer, and St. Louis 
you know, uh, traded him to Oakland, you know, wow. for, for that reason. And I, I give them the exact opposite of that, you know, a big, a big thumbs up for them. And, you know, NCAA <laughs> takes some, take some notes. Yeah, exactly. Whoever wrote the NCAA rule book, this arcane rule book with all these little nitpicky rules should be should be on the boat. Yeah, so that's a good one, too. So, I had, and yeah. I have one more um, it's something I saw earlier this week. So I think this week or. I guess it was earlier this week, or maybe it was over the weekend. Was the th- was the anniversary of the release of Field of Dreams, which is one of my all time favorite movies, Great not movie, just sports yeah. movies. Great movie. Yeah. I'm yeah. a sap. I will openly admit it. I openly admit it all the time. I cry at movies. I cry you and, you and, at that movie. You and Brandon every Cli- time. You and Brandon Klein. Man. Yeah. You're, okay. You're, you're emotional guys. We're brothers in sappiness. That's I love that. There was a column this column written this week. Um, by by someone who we run columns by. His name's Paul Newberry, works for the Associated Press. And he came out this week and just, for no for whatever reason, just decided to rip Field of Dreams and tell everybody that it was a, that it's a terrible movie, that it's factually inaccurate, right and left. It sounds like a good contrarian take. It a, is. A good contrarian. That's clearly hot, what he was going for. Hot take, yeah. Um, and... and you know, there was, there was, there's just no feeling in what he was saying. Like my whole thing with that movie is, yeah, I understand it's corny. I understand that there are some factual errors in it. I understand that it's hard. You have to suspend belief in a lot of things, but you know what, Paul Newberry, it's a freaking movie. This is a, it's a fantasy movie. Like that is all you need to know about what yeah. Field of Dreams is. There's no, there's no the requi- word, there's a word dream is in the headline or in, is is in the title of the movie. So and, and it's a fiction it's a fictional movie it was, too. So it's right. not it's, it's not wedded to reality. It's not. Yes. So it's not ba- it's not based on a true story. It's based on a fictional book that was written. So uh, some like Paul Newberry's written some good stuff over the years. We've we've run it in our paper, but I don't care if I ever run another story by Paul Newberry in our newspaper. And he's going on the boat. Well, he could go in his room and type on his typewriter on, He'll on, have, on, right. on, on the boat. He'll have plenty so. of interesting things to cover while he's Lot, on the boat. Lots of personalities on the yeah. boat. Seems the, like the, he doesn't the, know the definition to, of artistic license. There, so. Thank you, Joe. That's a, that's a great way but to But you don't it. even need it. Like even some of the based on a real true story, there there's some creative and artistic that's true. liberties there's, taken. There's always, there's always but, leeway. But, but, but for a fictional for a fictional uh, story, you don't even need artistic license because you can make it. <laughs> it's fiction. You can, make, you can make it whatever you want. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, he, he doesn't have a soul, that guy, Paul right. Newberry. So what does he think? He can interview Tiger Woods. He can in- interview Antonio Brown. There's tons uh, of jerks well, he can talk to. Right. Uh, even Colin he could talk to. And we, <laughs> and we, all, know, we all know Colin's a jerk. So, uh, Joe, you had, a, oh, you, you, yes. had, you, had, you had a candidate for the boat. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Russell Westbrook. And, you know, this has been well documented, uh, his little grudge with the Oklahomans, uh, Barry Trammell and – and this for, was for this, years. This now. was actually news yeah. to me. I'm sorry, I, I was ignorant of this. So please, yeah, oh, tell, yeah, tell me is, some more about. I this. mean, I, I I didn't know of it until recently myself. But apparently, this grudge has been going on for three or four years. And so, you know, Russell Westbrook will give him either you know one word, two word answers. And just recently, any question that he asks, his response would be next question. And uh, he goes he goes on the boat for that. But maybe even more so for what he did in the latest press conference. Uh, you know, I think he's gotten wind that. 
people, it's not a good look. Uh, it's not a good look. Not a good look. That's Greg's line. He says that all the time. Not, not oh, good, I, I, I didn't even know that. Uh, I, I, I did not right. try to steal it. I promise. <laughs> so Trust me. I, I, I didn't make it up or coin he it. He didn't coin that. Um, it's not a good look for the Thunder. It's not a good look, good look for the NBA. I think, uh, I think it entered his mind. And so now... Uh, he, he tries to work his way around, and, and uh, in response to one of his questions uh, after the latest pre- press conference, he says, um, "I'm not sure." Translation: Next question. Oh you're God. you're just trying to to, to doll up uh, what what you've the, the way you've treated him badly. Uh, you you know it looks bad. So so yeah, I mean the the fact that he's he's trying to clean that up right now. Now now that he's gotten this backlash. I mean, just answer the freaking question. Don't yeah. don't, don't try to hide and, your grudge. Just, just bury it. I mean, it, it does no good for you. Does no good for anybody else. And you know what people don't understand is that hey, uh, you're not talking to just a reporter. You're talking to your to your public to your fan base. Right. And and, I, I, and that's the thing. We're, yeah, we're a conduit for you know for for them. And so and so it's it's a case where. You know what? What is your fan base going to think about you when, when you're, yeah. you're, you're and, treating guys and, this badly? And it's rubbing off too, because Paul George gave Barry Trammell the, the next question uh, treatment uh, too uh, yeah. a, a, after one, oh, after, after that one that of those playoff That's games uh, this year. But, I mean, and Barry Trammell, the professional he is, to his credit, he keeps asking questions in a very yeah. in, in a very respectful way. He's he's not getting dragged into this soap opera that this thing has become. And they're there. He's he's not trying to ask provocative questions or or gotcha questions or anything like that. He just he's, the guy's just trying to do his job, and and he's he does it well by all accounts. I mean, I can't say I read a lot of Barry Trammell stories in the Oklahoman, but do either, but, but he's very well respected. Do so. either of you guys know the derivation of this grudge? Because I, I don't, no, I, I don't think anyone could really explain it. So, you know, Joe, I, I, do you, I, I, you know, I actually um, listened to an interview uh, that, that Barry Trammell had, and and really, it's it's just. Um, it's just a case where he himself said, uh, you know, he he doesn't know who I am. It's just uh, it's just the fact that, you know, the media in general now now with him, he just happens to be a reporter for the local paper. But but no, I mean, I, I think it extends beyond him. It's just that uh, Barry Trammell, maybe he's he's, he's, he's a notch above. He's sort of uh, into like whipping boy mm-hmm. status. That's what, uh, that's and, and, and so, uh, yeah. So with the media in, in general, very. Very short, uh, you know, one word, two word answers. You know, that you know doesn't give you any any insight uh, at all. Uh, just a, just a terrible interview, and he, he feels like it's, uh, you know, with the players and the media, it's an us against uh, against them ty- type of deal, which is absolutely uh, ridiculous. And, and, and I give him credit because I think most reporters, after the first few no question responses, would just get the, would get deterred and or get discouraged, and they wouldn't ask any more questions. But Trammell keeps asking Russell Westbrook questions. And yes, he, job. Right, right. He, he right. I, I give him all the credit in the world for Good. staying professional and, and, and keeping at it and, and making yep. Westbrook look like the small and, and, and petty person that, that he that he's clearly acting like. So. Um, anyone else for the boat, Joe? Any, any pop? This, this is not just limited to sports. Uh, the, <laughs> a, a, anyone that's really ticked you off or whatever that well, you actually, like you like to get back at in music, movies. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, no, no, this is this is, this is a, seg- a segment where I'm just trying to you know defend my you know my, my brothers in the in the business. Uh, I don't know if this has ever popped up, but the uh, Journal Star out of out of Peoria. This is when the Bradley men's basketball team was it was in the tournament uh it was a longtime reporter uh dave reynolds was 
denied access to a Missouri Valley Conference Tournament media event, you know, because he, quote unquote, you know, did not promote the brand of Bradley basketball. Because so, that's his job. Yes, he's not. He, yeah, he, he's not alive. This reminds me of something. This reminds me of something local yeah, that we've yeah, run into no, no, recently. No, no names, please. But we have been dealing with a local issue along these lines. Some, someone so. has someone has accused us of not promoting their program right. as well, which is not our job. Right. Which, right. which right. last right. I checked, the person that is saying this does not sign my paychecks. Right. No. No. But yeah, and, it, it was not promoting the brand. And, right. uh, and the person in question would get zero coverage if we didn't. If we if yes. we chose not to write about their team. Yeah. yeah so. We we didn't promote the program and we haven't aided their program uh, or, or right. we are not aiding their program <laughs> again that's not our job so, so go, to, go to montgomery county which is largely ignored by the washington post and, and, and yeah see uh, if you can get some aid there right yeah. right right but uh yeah now, now to bradley's credit uh you know they got a lot of backlash and so they so, so, so so that uh, mr reynolds was allowed to, to to cover the team uh Again, and that uh, actually the, the the coach as well was involved in this. Uh, Brian Wardle, who actually went to my alma mater, uh, unfortunately, but <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's the coach of the team, and he actually uh, <laughs> supported the, the 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 PR staff. Oh but, my god! But yeah, which is uh, pr- pretty sad. But yeah, that's. Um, yeah, a, f- a few seats uh, on the boat for you. Uh, that's a good one, man. Good, uh, good, good pull on that because that was a, probably a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, this, or a was, month this ago. was this was before the um, the NCAA, NCAA yeah. tournament started. But yeah, and, uh, Charlie Steiner was was an alum, and then he okay. uh, he actually expressed his his displeasure and. Mm-hmm. A bunch of other people from the national media, and then <laughs> Mr. Reynolds, uh, he uh, he received his access good. from there on out, and yep. uh, good 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 for good for Bradley, uh, you know, at least for not letting this extend for three to four years, as uh, you know Russell Westbrook has yes. with this little petty grudge. I have a few people for the boat uh, this week, and we may even have to send someone to Mars uh, this oh. week. So. Okay. And I, I think I don't know Russell Westbrook might be on that rocket to Mars. I think maybe he. Maybe he's on the boat. Right. And, and how about for all the first-round playoff exits, too, for Russell Westbrook, too, that weren't even brought up, which sure. is his personal grudge he's holding. But anyway, um, my first person on the, that goes on the boat this week is Tyreek Hill of the, of the, of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, word came out, I think, today at some point that he's not going to be – he's not going to face child abuse charges, neither will his fiance. But the fact of the matter is his child was taken from his home – and out of the custody of him and his girlfriend, fiance, whatever the case may be. So clearly, something afoul is 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 happening and the child, here. The child was also, right. I think, is they have determined the child was injured, right? Yeah, I think I, I, they believe the child could have been injured. I mean, I, I don't know that for sure, but but a judge ruled that the home that Hill and his girlfriend, fiance, whatever the case may be, were providing for this was unsatisfactory. It was an unsafe environment. The kid had to be taken out of the house. So even though he's not facing child abuse charges, like something's clearly going wrong here. And uh and and you just can't mistreat it's neglect. Right. Almost, probably. Right, exactly. So even though he won't face yeah. charges, he's still very worthy uh of the boat. Not a not a good guy, Tyreek Hill. So right, yeah, yeah. He 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 he'll be in treat, good company on the boat. Treat treat your treat your child or children better, Mr. Yeah. Hill. So the next guy on the boat, these are all going to be football-related. The next guy on the boat is Tom Coughlin. Uh, who, oh, good one. I was who, thinking of him. Uh, who uh, made headlines this week because he was, he was unhappy that uh, Jalen Ramsey – and, uh, and and one of their uh, one of their linebackers uh, w- uh, yes. w- w- weren't uh, weren't present for a voluntary workout. 
Now, by very Jacksonville Jaguars, right. I don't know if you mentioned that, but that's right. That's but, but voluntary. By, by very yeah. definition, voluntary means that you don't have to be there in, in, in case you don't want to. And Tom Coughlin famously is the if you're five minutes early, you're five minutes late guy. I mean, it's just like this. We don't need this drill sergeant type approach a- anymore. Like like these guys, they work out on their own. They they stay in shape on their own. Most of them come back come in the training camp they're already in shape like the days of guys showing up out of shape in training camp and working their ways into shape those are that's largely over so there's no need to raise a big ruckus with the players association and all that stuff just because a guy is not present in a voluntary workout yeah how so, do you think how do you think jalen ramsey respond you know, responded to that right like he's probably laughing his butt off well he did and he, he also that said idiot. that he also said that the jaguars knew why he was why he wasn't there like he had a, he had given him a reason why he wasn't going to be there uh, Doug Marone, the Jaguars coach, apparently was trying to call Jalen Ramsey and, and say, hey, what's going on? But Doug Marone apparently didn't even have his number correct because he kept dialing the number that wasn't Jalen Ramsey's number. So he finally got the right number and got a hold of Jalen Ramsey. So the whole situation is ridiculous. They're voluntary workouts. It's not like Jalen Ramsey's going to show really up. He like, cares about him. Right. It's not like he's going to show up out of shape. Yeah. And in fact, he says he'll, when he reports, he'll be in the best shape of his life. So so what was there to really be concerned about? I mean, it's April. The season doesn't start until September. So so just just let it go and it doesn't become a yeah. big deal. Like by Tom Coughlin, by saying something like that, he's made it, he turned it into much more of an issue than it really needs to be. So, so drill, drill sergeant Tom Coughlin goes on the boat this week, and the guy I might have to send to Mars is Russell Wilson. So, Look, wait, I mean, wait, you just touched on him two weeks ago, man. You're you're still I I you, you I, can't get him out I, of your I, head. I literally, I literally can't stand Russell Russell Wilson. Uh, uh, yeah, so. we're coming to understand that right. very clearly. Uh, th- th- this you, week, it wasn't that long. You just like openly called him a phony. Like yeah, done well, that two weeks right, in a row. Yeah. <laughs> well, and th- and this I hate him too. Uh, so. Right. In the, in that light, this week, in in lieu of his uh, recent contract extension, making him the richest NFL player ever, he gifted his offensive lineman stock. He he gave each of his linemen twelve thousand dollars of Amazon stock, um, which could be a valuable gift. I mean that 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 could pay off um, handsomely for them down the road. But guys want stuff. I mean, g- g- buy him a Rolex, buy him a car. <laughs> but but, but why him- is he even buying them gifts? It's not like the season just ended and they won the Super Bowl and, and he was and know, me- protected and, by and, the line. And, and-, and meanwhile, uh, the Seahawks offensive line has been terrible in recent years. <laughs> Russell Wilson's been running for his life because the Seahawks offensive line has been so bad in recent years. So why is he buying gifts for guys that can't even adequately pr- adequately protect them? But, I can't I can't see any of these offensive linemen just getting on the internet and following stock, you know, and see, see, seeing if it's gone <laughs> right. up a few percent here and there. Uh, you're being you're basing that on stereotypes of offensive linemen, Joe. That, Come that, on. That's why uh, it's no. I, 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 I'm that, talking about all, everybody. That, that, I, I, yeah. I, I don't want to get on the computer yeah. and, and just follow my you know my, my stock. That's why it's such a that's, somebody that's why, else to do it for me. That's why it's just such a stupid gift, in my opinion. It, I mean. It, it's so clear that Russell Wilson's trying to be that guy who's different, who's trying to do cool things that are different than everyone else. So I could buy the Rolexes, I could buy him a car or something, but no, I'm going to buy him Amazon stock. So it, it, please it, tell me the Browns play the Seahawks this year. They, they do. Yes, they, 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 they do. As a matter of fact, I hope. Oh, so. I, I want to be with you when you watch <laughs> that game. Yeah, it just it, the whole thing fits into his totally phony persona. So. You're um, a fake, right, Russell Wilson? So is Russell Wilson going to Pluto next week? Is it? Yeah, is, well, that's that's true. That, that's the next step. I mean, I said when we made the mission to Mars, like, why stop? Like, Mars is a nearby planet. We we should send these guys to like P- 
um, Pluto's not even a planet, though, guys. E- even even Mercury, <laughs> even even Mercury, or, or or why not the Sun? And so they could just melt and and we, we, the we, newly we, discovered black hole. Yes, right. Fire them into the black hole. I like that. I like that. <laughs> that's the that, that's <laughs> the step beyond Mars. Now, thank you, Joe. You have made your most valuable contribution to our podcast yes. in just in just one the, appearance. The boat is getting far too crowded. The boat might start sinking because there's so many people from on boat, it. From boat, so. from the boat to Mars to the black hole. That's yeah. what that's the way it's going now. It's, it's, I like the progression too. So, all right, uh, quickly, uh, seen or to be seen. Um, let's see here. I had one in mind, and it's I'm drawing a blank right now. Greg, what do you have? Well, I'll say uh, Brandon Klein's uh, debut fits nicely into the scene, the category. That was that was a really cool story for us. And again, he'll be on the Final Score podcast this week. So, so uh, ch- check out my interview with with Brandon this week on on the FNP uh, podcast app. Um, and uh, to to be seen, I'm I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to the NBA, the second round of the NBA playoffs, cranking up with Golden State, Houston, Milwaukee, Boston. I I, I think you'll get a lot of great games and a lot of great storylines coming out of the second round of the playoffs. So. Actually, Josh just brought this up uh, to me today, and I'd heard about this uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. making yes. his debut. Thank you for bringing that this, up. Yeah. Uh, th- this Friday, I mean, here's a guy. All these scouts have these these numbers that they, they assign to these prospects, uh, you know, across the board. You know, hitting, hitting for power, you know, on down the line, and and uh, they've got this scale, and so they've given Vladimir Guerrero Jr. an 80, which is <laughs> they don't hand out 80s i mean he, he may be he, he may get uh you know mo- most of your top guys get you know a grade of you know 70 75 but 80 is is like a, a perfect score so for for a hitter uh, as far as that goes so yeah just looking forward to see how how he does well how he does in the pros i, I think he's going to do quite well for the blue jays and, uh yeah and uh i'm right I, I forgot what I was just going to say too. Go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was yeah. So if I, I remember what I was going to say, it was a scene. I, I I went away like I mentioned over the weekend. My wife and I uh, did next to nothing, and it was fantastic. We were just lounging around. We did some shopping. We went out to eat. Uh, one of the things we did while we were relaxing was we turned on of all things MTV Classic, and we watched. Of like two straight hours of '80s and '90s was, music videos. Was was Kurt Loder? Was it? Was he? Uh, no, on they didn't there? have a host. Oh darn it! But they just—it was basically it was the first hour. I think was all '90s, and we watched we watched some '90s um, videos. And I think I've told—I don't know if I've said it on this podcast before, but I grew up. I did not have cable television. I didn't either. Okay, so. Um, I never saw music videos, like unless I went to a friend's house. So like this was all hilarious. This was hilarious because these are all music videos I'd never seen before. For the you know I'm seeing them for the first time in 2019 from like 1992. And then there was another hour that came on after that of the 80s. Um, and I just I sat there transfixed in front of the television watching 80s music videos. And it was, had, it was grand. From what I understand, you guys had a real nostalgia weekend. You were watching. We like, watched Beverly Hills 90210. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My wife's been watching that on Hulu. She, uh, she, she bought a trial to Hulu just so she could watch, uh, go back and start watching from the very beginning, Beverly Hills 90210, one of our favorite shows together. Um, so we watched a couple of episodes of that too. She started jonesing for it after Luke, she Luke did. Perry died, right? She yeah. did. And, you know. And I, I came in on it with her right at the right time, baby. And, Greg, I'm guessing you can probably figure out when that was. Uh, yeah, probably when Valerie, Valerie Malone it was, came on the scene. It was when Tiffany Thiessen showed up uh, her first season. That's when I started to, to, to join my wife in, in watching that. So, anyway, it was, it was awesome. to It was a, it was a throwback uh, weekend for me. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. 
All right, Joe. Uh, thanks, thanks for being man. here, man. We, we, awesome. We, we had fun. We'll, we'll have you back, and uh, in, in another couple of years or so, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Don't, don't, be, don't, don't, I'm don't, kidding. Don't I'm get kidding. ahead of yourself, Joe. <laughs> a, a couple, a, a couple of years might be too soon. So we need you to um, back to bring somebody into the black hole. Yeah, we? yeah. Seriously, yeah. very thanks, soon. Thanks for the black hole. Uh, we we need. Uh, it's getting crowded. We need to find a place for for some of these people. So, yep. Yep. Joe, thanks for being here, everyone. Have thanks, a great, great week. This has been just another sports podcast. Mm-hmm.